2: So I thought to myself, so what's it what's a way that you can interact, or at least gain glean some of the knowledge from people who are doing it without actually knowing them? I mean, it's it's listening to their podcast, it's listening to it's reading their books, it's, it's engaging in personal development. So yeah. a lot of my friends actually would, would say, I mean, even to this day, I mean, I've had friends who say, what's well, this? You listen to your car? Let's put on some music. Like, you know, why 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 are you doing this? How is this benefiting? So.
0: Welcome to the Share the Wealth Show, where minority professionals can learn to escape the racial wealth gap and catapult themselves into abundance. Your host, Nicole Pendergrass, grew her net worth from being negative to multiple six figures. Join her on her investigative mission to expose secret strategies of the wealthy so we can all have the tools needed to build the life and legacy we were created to possess. Now it's time for the show. Listen.
1: I know you've been digging in, studying everything you can, listening to all the podcasts, reading all the books, even going to meetups. You basically have a degree from YouTube University, right? But you still feel stuck. You don't know how to actually implement what you've learned. You're nervous about taking the next step. And with the economy like it is, especially with the downturn looming, you're even thinking maybe you should just wait it out. I know you've heard that Real estate makes more millionaires than any other asset class, but you know what else? More millionaires are made in a downturn than any other market cycle. So now is the perfect time to jump in and really get started. I'm super bullish on growing my portfolio this year, and I don't want you to miss out. So I've decided to start the Micro Family Investing Accelerator. This is a mentorship program where I personally guide you through my five proprietary pillars so you can learn how to buy your first commercial multifamily property and scale while not biting off more than you can chew by focusing on 5 to 20 units. That's what I call microfamily. And so you can also get hands-on guidance from an experienced microfamily investor, me, who's been right where you are nervous about how to start. And so you can also create the cash flow needed to give you freedom and options to build the abundant life that you were destined to live. So I'll be limiting the first cohort to five students because they'll have direct access to me and I will be heavily invested in their success. The first group is going to start in January. So if you're ready to grab 2023 by the horns, Schedule a free discovery call with me today. The link is in the show notes. Let's hit the ground running in 2023. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. And now let's get back to the show. Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Share the Wealth show. This is the show where we discuss strategies to grow, build, and protect minority wealth. And today we have with us Mr. Andrew, I'll just say Drew. Dreamer? yes, sir. is this your first ever podcast i think so yeah 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 <laughs> all right he busted his podcast button or whatever you want to podcast cherry cherry whatever whatever cherry. they're calling this <laughs> are we doing glasses or no glasses no glasses okay do you need your glasses to see i can see okay
2: my my glasses are typically probably, i don't know i always forget the time. Far-sighted or nearsighted nearsighted is when you can't see far things right i think so yeah that's that's what i am <laughs>
1: that's what i am too oh, and i never wear my glasses because i'm always close to a computer which is why I'm nearsighted because i don't do the eye exercises to see into the distance like you know every minutes you're supposed to look out and i don't do that and so after years of working in front of a computer you always think like when parents tell kids not to watch their TV so close to the face, like or don't be up near the TV, that's just going to measure your eyesight. I always thought that was like an old wives tale. But it's actually true. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you if you don't have kids out there or don't have kids or whatever, that is yeah. being too close to the TV is true. And it's not going to happen that quickly. But over years, it really does affect your eyesight. OK, we are so off topic already. Right. Right? Like
2: Some things parents say are worthwhile, so that's.
1: Again, yeah. everyone, we can, we can chat if a name goes like this because I have known Drew for, I don't even want to say how many years. I can't, I have to probably do the math in my head because I actually don't. 2000, when did we graduate from high school? 2001. We went to high school together, but well, we were in different middle school. No, there was only one middle school.
2: Yeah, were you in Pats? Huh?
1: Pats? Yeah, yeah, I was in Pats.
2: Yeah, So I think I, I think I met you originally.
1: Yeah, because we were in elementary school then.
2: Yeah, elementary, yeah.
1: Oh, so we're going way, way back, family, friends, like we, we hang out at each other's house. Our families know each other, that kind of thing. So there will probably be a lot of shenanigans tonight. Well, uh, this is tonight. We're, we're filming at night. but Anyway, so Andrew, we lost touch for a while. I'm glad we reconnected. And I already knew some of the things that you were doing before, but not in that much detail. So now I feel like this podcast episode is a way for me to get caught up as well with the intricacies of of Mr. Jessup. So I guess we're going to start with, I know you're heavy into tech. I know after high school, you got started into real estate. There's so many things that magic you were doing. You were betting at some point, like professionals. What were you playing professionally? Blackjack. Blackjack, professional blackjack dealer. Not dealer. Hellier. I don't know the terminology. Anyway, I just said so much right like there. People are like, who is this guy? What does he actually do? There's some confused right now. So just start at the beginning, tell me a little bit about your money entrepreneurial mindset growing up, like how your family life was, like what made you get interested into the things you were interested early and how that developed into what you were doing, like throughout your journey.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, appreciate you having me on the show. Definitely, uh, definitely feel privileged to be able to share some information and hopefully, uh, people can get something positive out of some of the things that I say. Where did, where did it start? I mean, I grew up in a a basic, you know, a a standard household. My mother was a teacher. My father is a software engineer and kind of followed in his path in those footsteps in the software engineering realm. But I remember like back in the eighties when I was a little kid, he would like bring a big old computer home and I would like sit on his lap and watch him develop stuff. He actually made me games and stuff like that. So that got me into video games and stuff early he, he never was much into video games, but he, uh, but remember a few games that we used to play on a computer just back in the eighties, there were, there were horrible games if you look at them now, but I just thought it was the greatest thing, greatest thing ever. But I, so, so my entrepreneurial spirit and mindset really, really didn't stem from anything that my parents said or did, but I just was always interested in how to leverage and how to, to, uh, make more money because it seems like. Those people with a lot of money were able to do whatever, you know, a, a lot more cool stuff. So even, even as a little kid, I started the lawn care business. I, I took my parents' lawnmower and I'm just like when computer printers first like started coming out, like commercial, you know, commercially available uh, at home computer printers, I would print stuff out, print out flyers. And I would go to every house in the neighborhood and said, the lawn care company, of course it wasn't a right official business or anything, but I called it a and services. And it uh, stood for Andrew and Manya. Manya was my uh, my neighbor. So I would cut the grass and she would do the weed whacking. Ch- we would charge $20, and, which was like a steal. And I would give her $5 and I would keep 15 to do the cutting grass because cutting grass is harder than weed whacking.
1: Okay. I was about to say, sorry, I was about to say, how do you cut her only five? But I get it. You had it the
0: harder You're
2: job. Up, up and down for a couple of hours versus, you know, zoop, 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 and she's done. So. Okay. And, uh, you know, zoop, zoop is a technical term, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, was, it was funny though, because I passed all these flyers. I went to every house in the neighborhood and like people started calling a house and my mom, they're like, hello, is this A&M services? And my mom was like, what? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah it, is. It, is, it, is, it is A&M services, but he's uh, he's seven, or eight years old, but he does good work. He can cut the grass, you know? And my mom was like, I was like, mom, you're supposed to, you know, basically be my secretary, but she wasn't doing it right. Really. Yeah. We ended up getting a few clients and, you know, during the summer, summertime, I would just be cutting grass all day, every day and was able to make some money. Um, it was always like, and, you know, kids always, you know, little kids always want to be grown and, you know, people who are older want to look younger. So it's it's kind of a, a thing that people do. So I always wanted to drive, like driving. I was like, I can't wait to get a car. I can't wait. So that's what I would do is save all my, my lawn care money up. So that I can get a car when I finally turn seventeen. So that and one.
1: this started at seven or eight. You were seven or eight, and you were saving money for a car.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that's kind of where where that came from. Yeah, always been interested in math and science, tech. Like my father, like I said, was a software engineer, so I went to Rutgers University, graduated with a degree in computer science and and math. And right out of college, I, I started working at a company called Lockheed Martin. The, the world's largest defense contractor, so they do build missiles and satellites and all kind of stuff. But very quickly, well, actually, let me let me backtrack. In college, I was living in a network with a few people, and I joined an organization called. At the time, it was called Prepaid Legal. Now it's called Legal Shield. They're a network marketing organization, and uh, they basically sell like a legal insurance product. It's like you pay a monthly fee, kind of like health insurance. You pay a monthly fee, you get to contact an attorney literally every day if you want. You can have consultations. You can you know, make get letters and phone calls on your behalf. You, they'll fight traffic tickets for you. It's all included. So doing that business was extremely difficult. Like I think my first year I made something like $900. So because it's sales. People, you have something that has to be learned. It's something that I never really did before. But the thing that I got from that, and I'm actually still a registered agent with the company even to this day, which is now like. Twenty years later, I think, but um, it's it's like insurance sales. So there was a lot of personal development. I went to a lot of conferences and really learned about marketing and business and how to talk to people. And eventually, you know, became the one to start doing the presentations and training new people and that kind of thing. So on a weekly basis, I, w- I would be in front of a room of anywhere between you know twenty to hundred people presenting information on products and services and all that stuff and learning learning how to sell and learning how to market. So that information that I got from, from Bay Legal wasn't valuable because that allowed me to transition that kind of, kind of formula and use that to, to uh, catapult it, some other businesses uh, as well. So that's, that's kind of where I got a lot of the foundation for like, which books to read, you know, your thinking Grow Rich and your Rich Dad, Poor Dad kind of books. Um, and then really started going on my own personal development journey. So between actually reading physical books and having an audible.com membership, you know, I'm I'm it, when I'm in the car for the most part, I listen to to audio that are really keying in on areas that are helping me, um, uh, help helping me learn new things to like kind of push me forward. So that's if there's if there's one takeaway, that's that's huge. Like you have to absolutely invest in yourself uh, more than anything else, uh, and and that's something that no one can ever take away from you. You have a skill for life. You, you know whether it's public speaking or marketing or sales or or you know learning a new tech skill that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm trying to think of the timeline of, of how we're progressing here. So
1: Yeah, but that's already super early that you were doing all that kind of personal development stuff. Because honestly, to be truthful, I started, I never was big on I was studying like real estate stuff for years, but never personal development kind of business growth and personal development type books until excuse me, until like two years ago. So mm-hmm. I'm very new to the personal development mindset and world. like I had the mindset from all the real estate conferences but actually reading these books on another level uh, so you have like decades of personal development experience but like but the point of that is guys it's never too late to start just start no matter how old you are start your personal development journey that only really helps you grow you learn so much if you take it seriously you learn so much about yourself but sorry go ahead
2: no absolutely I mean that's Session I, I third that, I fourth that. <laughs> That's it's it's uh, it can't be understated the the amount of change that you can see in a person when they are actually they just become a ele- more elevated version of themselves when when they start to engage in personal development. And that was really ground yeah. to me at the conferences and everything that I went to, and just learning some of the business principles from people who were there already doing it. You know. One of, one, of, one of my mentors in the back of the day used to say, you know, it's okay to be a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. <laughs> so, and my, my, my thing was, though, know, like, okay, you know, I'm going to, you know, the phrase, if you hang around five people, five broke people, you're going to be number six. You know, if you hang around five wealthy people, you're going to be number six. But, you know, in growing up in the area we grew up in, I wasn't like exactly next to Millionaire's Row. So I couldn't like just go talk to my neighbor like, hey, you make $2 million a year. Like, how do I do what you're doing?
1: Exactly. So, Unless I, maybe, I guess if you lived in Somerset, you were the closest. <laughs> Whether Somerset, yeah, Somerset no, I feel, was. No, that no,
2: no, no, wasn't telling It was uh, uh, twin, twin Hills.
1: Uh, no, no. I thought Somerset was the more expensive houses over by the school.
2: Oh, no, Country Club. Country Club was. The
1: country Club was, yes. Okay. Country. And of course, Country Club, the name of it. So, yeah. yes, that if you were in Country Club, I guess you were the closest to millionaires, right. but I don't know if any of them right. were actually millionaires. But anyway.
2: So I thought to myself, so what's it, what's a way that you can interact or at least gain, glean some of the knowledge from people who are doing it without actually knowing them? I mean, it's, it's listening to their podcast. It's listening to, it's reading their books. It's, it's engaging in personal development. So yeah. a lot of my friends actually would, would say, I mean, even to this day, I mean, I've had friends who say, "What's well, this? you're listening to your car, let's put on some music. Like, you know, why, why, why are you doing this? How is this benefiting? So. Yeah, I mean that that really allows you to have the mental wherewithal to stand the test the time when you have uh, when you have that that personal development. So,
1: yeah, and I, I want to add in there too, like that just already shows you can have friends, but it's basically not all your friends are going to have your mindset, and sure. it comes down to that whole thing of surrounding yourself with the people who are where you want to be in the future. Because they you have a similar mindset. You have to like even now, me hanging out, people will invite me to go out for drinks or to go out to brunch or something, especially if I know it's just gonna be like a party brunch where it's just loud music and we can barely even talk. Like I'm fine with going to talk and connect and build and see what you're doing and talk about like our growth and development. But most of my friends are not wanting to sit around and talk about that kind of thing. They're just sitting there to drown out with music and drink. I'm not gonna go to sit and look at you and listen to music, but we can't talk because the music's too loud. Like I'm just not interested in the same thing. Like, I don't want to go to. I can drink in my house. I don't like if we're gonna go out. Like, I want it to be something building or culturally, like you know, a cultural experience that's different. You know, so I'm not down, like against having fun, but sometimes you're not gonna hang out with your old friends doing normal things that regular people do because you want to just build and grow. Like, if it's not about growth, development, real estate, wealth building i kind of tune out. <laughs> Isabel, gossip or anything else that's happening in, you know, t- entertainment we're at. I oh, don't give two craps. Yeah. But anyway.
2: It's, uh, it's funny you say that. Like, people, you know, I'm, I'm one of the few few people of the male species that, that are not really that much into sports. And, like, so I'm not the guy who's like, oh, don't talk to me, honey. I'm watching the game. That, that kind of thing, right? And it's like, I'm into sports. I like to participate in them. Like, I played all kind of sports growing up I'm, and I'm, I'm a really avid action sports addict now which i'll talk about later but you know w- watching the eagles win is, is not making me money like they're already ready like, <laughs> unless exactly i you know I, i'm i feel like my time is literally being wasted away just you know and it's a it's a cool game i like i like it i like the concept but it's very rare that i'm going to spend precious moments that I could be doing other stuff to like push myself forward, you know? So those are kind of the things that I think about. I keep at top of mind all the time. So, yeah. So where, where was I at a timeline? I was Legal Shield, college. Oh yeah. So after college, then I, I got a job at, um, did the things that they say, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a job and live happily ever after. Right. But you know, I, first job that I had was in a place called King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, that's about an hour to an hour and a half away from where we grew up in Willingboro, New Jersey. And that commute was insane. Like, you know, waking up at 6 a.m. and driving there and getting there and sitting in front of the computer all day doing this. And I was just like, you know, this is horrible. Like it's horrible. I felt like I was in jail, right? So, you know, not, not talking bad about the company or anything. I mean, I think that's just kind of like the office environment, but I just, I'm a person that really. It's, you can ask my mother, too. I mean, it's very hard for me to sit still. I'm always, like, into something moving around. I mean, even you can't tell now, but I, in this office that I'm in, I have a stand-up desk here, so. And there's, like, a balance board that I can walk on. And it's, there's, there's all kind of things to keep me moving. But, yeah, so very early on, realize that the 9-to-5 thing isn't, you know, although it can give you money to take care of expenses it and kind of maintain your current lifestyle, going above and beyond is what you need to do. Starting some kind of business, having some kind of multiple streams of income, and that led me to to a book called Multiple Streams of Income. I forget it was by. I think it's Robert, Robert.
1: That's not. That's by Kiyosaki.
2: No, no, not Robert Kiyosaki. It's uh, it's a book called Multiple Streams of Income. But but that's basically what first introduced me to. That, hey, there's like there's other ways that you can do stuff. You you have multiple bills, so why don't you have multiple streams of income to take care of multiple bills? So
1: all right. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. I actually never even heard that analogy before I never heard anyone say that you know all this stuff has that multiple bills so you need multiple streams I like that music
2: (laughs) so so yeah in that book it introduced because I was wondered like you ever wonder what money what the banks do with your money when they when you deposit it in the account so it started to unpack all those things that the banks do to make money with your money and like I won't I could really have an entire show with you just on my dislike the banking industry, but <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't go there now, but needless to say they they take your money for free, you're giving them your money for free for safekeeping right mm-hmm. and you know they go invested in things like tax lien certificates and and uh you know buy, buying up other loans um, to make more money with your money and then pay you you know three cents a year on every hundred thousand dollars that you invest with them right so it's a horrible return and and they in on top of that, they haven't room enough to feed you today.
1: I was just about to add the fees. Like, if you don't have a certain balance in there, then they're feeding you on top of giving you nothing. It's just like, yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible.
2: So, um, (laughs) yeah. So, in that in that book, really introduced me to like, I was like, wow, there's just so many so many things that you can do. Like, so many opportunities. Like, I want to learn about this, and I want to do that, and I want to do that, and like whatever I'm interested in, I really like sink my teeth into it and try to, to get it going. And then and you know once i kind of get it on autopilot and move to the next thing like in my 20s i'm i I'm 39 now right but in my 20s i was very guilty of what i like to call shiny object syndrome right it's shiny object center because you know it's like oh bright lights shiny you know if you're passing a, on the road and a car explodes next to you it's on fire people will come from miles to watch it burn right because it's like it's a shiny, oh wow what's happening fire over there so the same thing can hold true in people's lives, like you know this this business idea is great. We're going to make a million dollars with this. Like we're going to this one, or this one's great. We're going to this one. So, in that phase, it it was good and it was bad. It was good because I learned a lot of things. I learned what works and what doesn't work. But it was bad because not having focus on a on a singular thing to try and grow one thing, and that's my phrase. I have it hanging up in my office. It's, I have a sign that says "Grow One Thing." So it's okay to have multiple businesses, but you can only actively grow. Grow really, really intensely, focus and grow one at a time. In my in my opinion, or at least that's that's at least for me. So just to, to kind of gloss over everything that that happened in my twenties, because I know we only have we have thirty minutes here. So was still participating at Legal Shield, selling legal legal memberships, these legal insurance memberships, setting up meetings and and uh, pushing pushing that product. So I would work nine to five, and then from five to like midnight, I would be setting up meetings and and making phone calls and doing marketing, passing out flyers, putting road signs up, you know, making, making radio ads, participating in signing up, for, you know, doing billboards on the highway, um, training new people, doing meetings, meetings, meetings. It was a lot, right? So eventually I was able to build up a workable income in that, in that business, I mean, it what, it didn't surpass my full time income, but it provided some supplementary money for me to go Did,
1: it, uh, did it surpass your expenses?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, How
1: long did just, it take you working in prepaid legal to surpass your expenses?
2: Took me right. Like, you mean the expenses for the business? No, it's been for just sickness, you, personal my, my expenses. So of, oh, oh, I I'm about three years, I think. Three and a half years. Okay. And one of the one of the other things I learned is that it's you can't really look left or look right. You have to run your own race. Because a lot of people were like, that I would see who were super successful in there, people making a hundred thousand dollars a month, $500,000 a month. And I'm like, geez, how are they doing that? They're, this guy's only 25 and I'm 23. How's he doing that? And, and you gotta, you don't know like what people's story is. You don't know where their background comes from, what their family, you know, upbringing is, I mean, they may have been, they may have been spoon-fed entrepreneurial tactics, you know, since birth. I'm figuring try. all this stuff out as I go. So yeah, so during my twenties, I was participating in that. Actually, very very avid music lover. I played the piano, so I actually became a DJ too. I read. Learned. I
1: forgot about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I learned to be a DJ actually from reading a book, and then I went and bought the equipment and just did it.
1: Wait, 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 wait! You read a book and became a DJ? Yeah. Like you didn't have like a mentor or a train? Like how did how did you literally just read a book and then you went bought equipment and started practicing with it?
2: Yeah, that's that's what I did. Yeah. Wow, so that became another another stream of income too, because I was really into math and science. I'll tell you this story. So I am at a prepaid legal conference in Las Vegas, right, and we've had we always had these conferences in Las Vegas, and I never played in a game. I never gambled or anything like that. I played maybe ten dollars in a slot machine. but there's this game called Casino War. Basically, it's whoever gets the higher card is the winner. It's like if you get a five and the dealer gets a four, you double your money, right? It's the dumbest game ever. But so this lady who was with me at the prepaid legal conference was like, "Hey, Drew, come over here and play." I was like, "No, I don't know anything about these card games." And uh, she was like, "It's easy. It's just like I declare war." So I did. You know, I put down ten dollars and I won like four thousand dollars that day, which was insane, right? It was just beginner's luck, right? So I'm like, this is like. Free money in Las Vegas, like why doesn't everyone do this? Like, you know, insane. So, so um, they
1: tricked you from the very beginning because right. you win four thousand dollars from twenty. Wow.
2: Yeah, it was it was crazy. I had never seen anything like that. So, from from then, I was like, oh, well, you know, whatever. This game is kind of dumb, but yeah, you know, what about these other games like blackjack that makes sense? And I hear about people card counting. So I used my some of my technical skills to develop develop some uh, card counting simulator that will. Really test the different strategies of card counting, so I could see which one is most effective that requires the least amount of mental effort. Uh, because I don't take anything for face value. Like I read a lot of books on blackjack and card counting, and AP AP stands for advantage play. So that means advantage player, right? Those are the people that casinos watch out for because you know they actually beat the casino and they make money from them over time. Um, so you don't need, you don't need a really high percentage. Like if you play perfect strategy in Blackjack, the casino only has like a 0.5% edge over you. It's the best game to play in the casino. But if you do card counting, depending on which strategy you use, you can increase your odds over the casino by between 0.1 to 0.3%, which is still very minuscule. But uh, if you do that over time, over millions of hands, you can actually make money.
1: Okay, so what I want to know is what is the, most you've ever won in a sitting of blackjack or a game or tournament or whatever, and what is the most you've ever
2: lost? Gotcha. The most I've ever won in a day was probably ninety two thousand.
1: Ninety two thousand dollars in a day?
2: Yes. Most I've ever lost was probably forty six, forty seven, forty seven, point five thousand.
1: Oh my God. From you being how many were you playing blackjack as a professional? You you were I don't know what the term or how you become a professional player, but
2: all, all, all professional means is that you you make a living and you make money off of doing something. So you could say that you are a professional podcast host if you are generating revenue from from doing podcasts. So you could that that's that's really the only the term what the term professional means. So yeah, so I Roseanne, so I started making the programs to do that and then I took that knowledge and I started going to Atlantic City and my parents thought I was insane um they were like because I would leave work and this is kind of when things were winding down from from doing prepaid legal I would leave work at like six seven o'clock and then go to Atlantic City and stay there until 4 a.m and then come back home and then go to work again I would do the same thing every day
1: how did you not like just fall out yeah, that's was, crazy yeah I was
2: going I was it, like my parents literally were like my dad was like took me aside like, Is everything okay? Like, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I'm just telling my story just to be, to be transparent. I mean, it's not something that I recommend for most people because it is a, it's, it's a lot of up and down. It's a lot of stressful, but it's just something that worked for me that allowed me to take stuff to the next level. Right. So I was living at home at the time and I was working that job. And then I would go and play in Atlantic City at night and I made enough money to buy a house. So they so you
1: bought a single family house?
2: Yeah. So all the houses I have ever ever bought are single family I haven't okay. paid multis yet. And that's where that's where you and I will partner one day.
1: Literally, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> but oh, uh, but yeah, so I made enough money to buy a house and then I I did the uh the strategy where you basically just you buy a house with cat, you know, that's an undervalued asset, you fix it up. And then you refinance it, pull the equity out, and then take a little bit of that money. And the best thing about that is that it's loan money. It's not. It's not like I prefer buying and renting. And they call it the BRRR strategy: B R R R, buy, rehab, um, rent, and refinance. B R R R, yeah. So uh, I prefer that over flipping because flipping. I mean, even though there's ten thirty one exchanges, so you can avoid taxes, but. Um, buying and renting and refrying is, is so much easier of an exit strategy and it's it's tax-free money that you can you can defer taxes forever using that strategy forever so that's that's what i did i bought a few houses in philadelphia i had one in jersey and and they
1: were all rentals after you burned them
2: yeah yeah so maybe. how
1: many did you end up acquiring
2: they're all rentals uh i think the most i think i had like six at one point but my only mm-hmm. goal while i was living at home Um, And I've since sold a couple of of them off because they were underperforming. But my goal was that, hey, I'm living at home. You know, I don't really have to pay many bills. I'm just, you know, paying for my car, for cell phone, that kind of thing. But when I moved out, I moved out at like age 27, right? Mm -hmm. Move out, I want my real estate income to take care of my bills. So I don't have to, you know, rely on my job to like, hey, if I lose my job, I can still live.
1: Right. Wait, so your parents didn't see you making making money from your buying all these houses and making money and charging. be like, look, you got to pay us a little bit of rent. Uh, so,
2: uh, no, they didn't. They're, they're amazing people. They're very, very
1: good. Because I'm charging my daughter. They start flipping stuff or in rentals. All right. You still live here? Why? Like, okay. You need to start paying mom some. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. I, I, they're still young, so they have some time. But I'll think
2: about it if I'll be <laughs> nice. No, you'll you'll be involved on a joint venture, so it'll be it'll be. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's true. If I'm a joint partner in the in their deals, then you know that's my payment, I guess.
2: Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that I was I was doing that during my twenties. I was I was DJing. I was, he also mentioned magic too. I'm actually a, a professional magician. So yeah. cl- professional close up magician. I I read a lot of books on sleight of hands, and it really um, helped me with personal skill, like interpersonal skills and how to interact with people. And really helped me learn a lot about people uh, because any business you deal with people, like, you know, money is exchanging hands between people. So you have to learn how to interact with people. What's, what's this, what's the, the phrase that I, that I always say, FORM. So whenever I'm, I'm talking to somebody, like, let's say you're making small talk it's the perfect, the perfect uh, acronym that you can use. So FORM stands for F-O-R-M, Family Occupation Recreation Motivation. Family, occupation, recreation, motivation. So for example, you and I, Hey, Hey, Nicole, how's your family doing? Oh, you have kids. Oh, you know, how's your husband? What does he do for a living? Da-da-da-da-da. That, you know, covers family, occupation. So, you know, what kind of, what kind of work do you do? What kind of business are you interested in? Da-da-da-da-da. How, how does that go? How can we learn from each other? Is there synergy here? Recreation, what do you do for fun? You know, what, you know, what kind of, you participate dissipated sports, do you go on vacation, Do you horseback ride, whatever motivation you know what what motivates you what kind of personal development are you into so that's kind of an acronym that I always keep in my mind and I I I don't think about it anymore but whenever I meet people that's the exact blueprint that I take when I'm when I'm talking to them and-
1: I just want to interrupt and say I have never heard that before okay. and I love it that is a great way to like for networking if someone is not a good networker yeah. Yeah. great way to have a conversation Oh my goodness, why have I never had this before? Look, like, they're so simple. And I'm going to yeah. use that too. Yeah. And so many things I'm I'm taking from you. So, with the magic, I knew you were really good at it because you were doing magic since, you know, high school. And you'd be doing class magic to me. And I'd be like, come on, Andrew, tell me how you did that. Like, how the hell? <laughs> like, is it literally right in front of my face? He's really good. So I'm crazy. I'm mad that you just read a book and then just practice and knew how to do sleight of hand and be, be just really good at magic like you read a book and just started buying the equipment cro- and then it
2: was a lot
1: of books well we read some books and they what i like about the consistency in your story is that you read books you dig your you sink your teeth in like you said and then you go implement like once you read a few books and it's like all right let me go try this now And you actually like spent money like you went and brought dj equipment you know, most people are going to be like, "Oh, I don't want to spend the money." Do you remember what if I fail, or what if this happens, or what if that? Like, did you ever have any of those limiting kind of mindsets against like being scared to actually implement what you've been learning because potential failure? Well, how did you overcome that?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I still do to this day. I mean, I still fight against myself. I mean, we 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 are our own worst enemy, and it's it's whenever you're delving into like untested waters. That that your mind starts to wander and say, oh, you know, what if I mess up? Or what if what if this this doesn't go the way that I'm supposed to? You know, what if I go bankrupt and lose everything because this is a bad deal? So what I found is that the more your knowledge level increases, the lower your anxiety level is. So as knowledge increases, anxiety decreases. So when you're not knowledgeable on something, you are very apprehensive. You don't know what you don't know. So uh, took a class called landmark education have you ever heard of that before
1: it sounds semi-familiar who runs that
2: i i, I don't know landmark. it's called Land landmark
1: okay no i heard i heard that part but i think like that sounds semi-familiar but i don't know where i heard it from. but yeah go ahead
2: so landmark there's, there's a it's it's basically a personal development a very intense personal development course it's pretty expensive too that a lot of business leaders a lot of Past presidents, CEOs, or, and have taken uh, to elevate themselves to the next level in terms of thinking, because the way you think controls everything that happens about your life, right? So, once you can control what's upstairs, or, or or the you can really move your life in the direction in a more intentional fashion, right? Yeah. So, one of the distinctions that was made from landmark, one thing that stands out is okay. that they distinguish. They imagine. I forget what those circles are called you know how that diagram oh Venn diagram right Mm -hmm. so you have a situation where there's things in your life that you know those are the things that you know they're in this circle right Mm yeah and and you have things that you don't know and but you know you don't know those things right so for example you know that i am your friend right but Mm -hmm. you don't know like say how to do xyz magic trick that i did for you back in high school right but You are aware that the trick exists. You are aware that this is a thing, but you just don't know how to do it, right? Yeah. So that's the second circle, right? But then out where, out somewhere out in outer space, there's things that you don't know that you don't know. Yes. So I want to
1: add a fourth circle to that. There's some things that you think you know that are not true.
2: That's true. That's true. That 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 is also true. Yep. So. And that's, that's where I started. Once I made that distinction, I was like, things that I don't know that I don't know, like where banks invest your money when it goes into the bank account. I didn't, I had no, I was not even in my purview of of thought. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what reading books does. It, it opens up your mind to things that you don't know that you don't know. And then you can start to then dig deep and pursue, pursue where your interests are. Uh, so a, a lot of people accept to me like, oh, you, you seem like you're doing, you do everything. Why are you, how do you ever, you know, progress and this kind of things. But I'm, I'm passionate about a lot of things and I like to learn. I'm continually learning new stuff every day. So that's, uh, that's, that's a little tidbit. You can definitely Google Landmark education. They have uh, different classes in cities all across the United States. And this is Yeah, dumb.
1: we'll have the link to it in the show notes and to the cash flow book that you mentioned or the multiple streams of income book that you mentioned. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the things, I think 2019, I was ready to start growing and progressing. And so I literally Googled what do rich people invest in or how do what do rich people put their money in or like just something about like, how do, what do wealthy people do with their money? Sure. And I just Googled that and I just started going down the rabbit hole and I found a couple of different things. And I just like you, um, just dug in and read like. You know, as many books as I could get my hand on about that topic. And then I'm like, okay, I've read enough. Now, how do I start like finding out more and actually talking to somebody? So I would just go to all the people who wrote the books, go to them, they all had like companies, and I'd go to their company, set up a consultation. So I had like just as many consultations as, uh, as books that I read, you know, before I decided on like which company to move forward with and like all the other different things that I found out about. And so, it's like I knew about those things before and then I joined these multifamily communities and then it became a thing in the multifamily communities and people were like, Oh, have you ever heard about this? And I'm like, Yeah, I knew about that like two years ago. <laughs> because I just Googling like, information yeah. and just I'm
2: dating yourself with it.
1: And following yeah, following family in the path where that led me and trying to figure out as much as possible. And there's still I know there's still so much that I don't know, which is partially why I even started this podcast because I'm like I need to find out the stuff I've never even heard about before, you know? Okay, guys, don't kill me, but I'm going to have to cut this episode short. This is too juicy and we need to do this in a part two. So stay tuned for the next episode that airs and you can hear the rest of our conversation.
0: Did you love this episode of Share the Wealth Show? Be sure to connect with Nicole by following her on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. If you picked up any of the gems that were dropped by today's guests, Make sure you not only put them in your bag, but if you know of someone who would benefit from this information, don't keep it to yourself. Share the wealth and make sure to leave us a rating and review. We'll see you for next week's episode. Subscribe so you'll be notified. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?